Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So it's good to see you, church. I've missed you. I have. It's hard not to preach when you're called to preach. I started to get going at the pool in Cancun. I thought, nah, I better not do that. So they weren't all in the condition to hear me preach. So so I had to use a little wisdom on that. So, hey, uh, we're going to jump in today. Brand new series for the fall. This will run us up just before Thanksgiving. Um, this, this, this series, I've kind of been sitting on it. Uh, many of you... Um, who have a little maturity about you can remember a, a, a discipleship material that was written a long time ago called Experiencing God. Uh, Henry Blackaby wrote a discipleship manual, a booklet back in 1990. I know some of you are like, I wasn't even born. I'm like, don't tell me that, okay? Uh, <laughs> that just hurts. But this is the meat. And I think every discipleship material that is written today runs through experiencing God. You can see it all through it. And it is rich. It's deep. What I'm going to do is I'm going to unpack it for the church today. I'm going to look at it today for us, for where we are today. And then what we're going to do is we're going to launch all the life groups out of this series. This will be your topic. These will be your, uh, your subject for the fall. And we want to galvanize the church to experience God in a fresh, fresh way. And uh, you will not have a shortage of stuff to talk about in life group. Um, By the way, if you're uh, a life group home or host home or leader, the questions for this week are back at the Guest Connect. Just ask them and they'll give them to you. Uh, Make sure you get those uh, if you can. So experiencing God. So this is the intro series right here. Uh, the, the introduction of that, I'll jump into the, it, it's basically the seven realities of experiencing God. I'll get into number one through seven starting next week, but this is just the intro. And so the title of the day is simply this, a God-centered life, a God-centered life. You don't even hear it talked about today. It's not even a subject today. And we're going to look at it. So here's the question that experiencing God a- answers or asks, how do I know and do the will of God. How do I know and do the will of God? God knows what your life can become, God only. Only he understands your full potential as a child, and he doesn't want you to miss it. He doesn't want you to miss it. Now, here's the deal. Many people today do not even, I don't want to say they don't care, but they don't, they're not really interested in knowing or asking or finding out God's will for their life. Because in their mind, if they ask that question, they're going to have to move to Africa, sleep on dirt, and get eaten by mosquitoes the size of birds. <laughs> Can I flush your mind or something? That's not it. 
Your, God's will for your life is as simple as saying yes every day to what you hear him or see him do. That's it. You, you can find God's will for your day and for your life in, in United Supermarkets on Sanzi. It's like that. I'm checking out. There's a person in front of me. God says, do you see him? I see him. If I didn't see him, God, I would run into him. Yes, I see him. Do you see him like I see him? I'm busy. I don't know. You, many people don't even stop to ask that. Many people don't even hear that. Here's what I want you to see from God. God wants you to see people like he sees them, and then he wants to actively involve you in their life. You say, well, I'm just not going to talk to strangers, stranger danger. You don't have to talk to all of them. Maybe you're just supposed to pray for them. I don't pray for people I don't know. Well, you should, because people you don't know pray for you. God's will is simple. It is simply hearing and seeing what he wants you to hear and see and saying yes to it. Are we doing that? Do we even care to do that? We're called to do that. We're the kingdom. We're advancing a kingdom. You say, well, what, is God really concerned with us in that area? Yes. And I'll tell you why, because there's a lot of scripture that tell us that. James 4, 8 says this, come near, God, near to God, he'll come near to you. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. That's what the King James says. If, if he doesn't want you to know his business, why would he want you to draw near to him? Why is, if he doesn't want you to know his will, why is he so intent for you to know him so he can show it to you? He wants you to know his will and how you fit in that. Matthew 6.33, a scripture we get a lot of points in Awanas and different Bible things growing up as kids. But seek you first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. Let me read it to you today. Seek you first me and my kingdom, and I'll add all these things to my kingdom. That's what you see today. See, we're so absorbed in ourselves we don't ask the question about his will, nor do we care to even see it. Because we're very consumed with ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll make your path straight. John 15, 4, remain in me. Or King James says, abide in me. And I will remain in you, abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in me. When you are abiding in the vine, when you're abiding in him, you will see this world differently. You will see people differently. You will, you will see his will laid out in front of you. And you will know how you are called to operate in that. And we'll talk, I don't want to get too much into that because that's next week. All right? But I, I need you to understand that, that God's will for your life is not a big, unsearchable, unknowing thing. God wants you to know it. He wants you to ask it, and he wants you to show it to you. It's simple. It's a simple thing. Romans 10, 17 says this, a great scripture. So then faith comes by hearing 
But hearing comes from the Word of God. Hearing comes from the Word of God. The Bible is God-centered. Never forget that every time you open the Scriptures, you are face-to-face with the author. That means, can you, can you get your peanut around that? When I open the Bible, the author of this book is talking to me. That's incredible. Me, just little me. Just you, little you. That when you open the word, he, the author of the book, is talking to you speaking to you. The Bible is more than just a book. It is. It's God's word. In it, get this, in it, the creator of the universe is meeting with you. The one who took nothing and made something. The one that took absolutely space and made this world. The one that put it all together is in this book and is speaking to you one-on-one as a friend speaks to another every time you open the Bible. That's, that is, there's not a book that can do that. None. None. But here's the problem, or here's the question. Do you believe it? (laughs) Thank you, Loki. Do you believe it? See, many people Don't open this book with that in their mind. They open it out of desperate need for him. Or, I've tried everything else. Let's see if the Bible has anything to say. Okay. You will get out of life what you put into it. You will get out of the word what you put into it. You come with that attitude to the word, and it'll read like the comics. It it will. If you absolutely approach the word knowing that the author of the universe and the creator himself who formed something out of nothing wishes to speak to you, his child. When you sit like that, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Here's here's, here's something I need you to get your head around. (laughs) It may be shocking to you, but this Bible is not about you. (laughs) I know that's a great disappointment this morning. This Bible is not about me. It's not about me. Can it speak to me? Yes, but it's not about me. This is not a selfie that I have taken over years, and I can open up, God, look what I did in 2000. I look good in 2012. That's not about me. People approach the Bible thinking the Bible is about them. The Bible's not about you. It's not about me. The Bible is about God. It's about God. If you want to know God, know the Bible. You say, well, what about, I want to know about me. I have questions about me. I have questions about my life. I have questions about direction. I have questions about decisions. I I have struggles. I have situations. I have circumstances. What about all of that? That's real. Listen to me. 
You can't sit down. You can't sit down. God, I, I got a decision to make. I need you to help me make this. I need a scripture to kind of tell me some. I, I need a decision. Can you tell me? Give me a scripture. Okay. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. I'm just saying that's selfish. Can anybody agree with me? What if your kid comes to you? He never talks to you at all until he needs money. Y'all good with that? Hey, Dad, you're the best. Can I have a 20? Son, I I ain't seen you, Hurley, in a month, and you ain't talked to me in two months. And now you have the audacity to tell me you're going to talk a bill, you need a $20 bill. What am I? A bank? Santa Claus? See, God wants to be more than a vending machine. Just please hear this. I'm not picking on you if that's what you do. But the problem is this. If God is who he is, God must be the center of our life. We are on the outside of that. And our life and all the things that go around it on the outside of that. We say, God, what do you want me to do here? Not me in the middle, my life, and God. God, will you bless this? God, I just need you to bless this. I know you're a gracious, loving God. Can you bless this? I think sometimes God's like, I love you, but can I just be honest? I'm not into that. I, I don't even want you to. You didn't even ask me if you should do this. You're asking me to bless this, and I'm not, I'm not in that. And you shouldn't be either. Will you, will you bless my family, God? I will bless your family, but can you start running through me the things that your family is involved in and does? Instead of asking me to catch up with y'all and bless everything you're doing because everything you're doing is keeping me from you. It takes quite the audacity for ask, to ask God to bless a bunch of stuff we never ran through him. I, you're saying this series is not going to be much fun. What I'm saying is you've got to get this, okay? We live in a world that is so consumed with me, 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 what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, because I want to do it, and nobody tells me what to do, even God. But Lord help, we sure want God to bless it. What if God never wanted you to do it anyway? Why would he bless it? Because if he blesses what you're doing that's not even in his will, it's just going to get you further from him. If he blesses all these toys, you're going to buy more toys. You can't even come to church consistently because of all your toys. Why you need more? I know I'm meddling. But what I'm saying is you can't experience God if God's not the sinner. Amen? If God's out here... And we're in here doing our little little life with all of our little stuff, and God's on the outside. Will we ever experience him? No. No. Because we can barely do all that we're doing, much less sit with him. The author and creator who wants to talk 
to little old me. How am I supposed to even notice the person in United when I barely can notice that I, can I barely can remember that I went to United? Anybody ever had those days? Look back and your husband says, uh, you got a receipt from United. When would you go to United? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, it says 1.15 a day. Oh, yeah, I did that right after lunch. I think your life's crazy if you can't remember going to a store. What I'm saying is we get so busy doing our little life, asking God to do it with us, that we haven't run through to God and say, God, do you want me to do this? He said, well, do you want us to run everything through God? <laughs> well, it'd be good practice. But some of the stuff I think you can handle. You don't need to pray about going to the bathroom. <laughs> you don't need to ask God if he wants you to brush your teeth. People will tell you you need to brush your teeth. All right? But when you have a decision and a circumstance and a struggle and in some direction and, and, and what to do in your life and what your family needs to do, what they need to participate in and what they need to be part of, you need to run every bit of that through God. Amen. Every bit of it. God, do you want us as a family to do this? Because what happens is we, do, we build our life. We ask God to bless all the, the stuff. When anything other than that rotation is working out great, when it, when it, when it springs a leak and, and goes away, we don't know what to do. You know why we don't know what to do? Because we don't know God. Because the only way to know God is to know the word. And when you can know the word, you know God. And when you know God, guess what? You'll know you. You won't know you without knowing the one who made you. We're so consumed with our, our family history. You can go online now and figure out why you came from Scotland, and it will give you hope and It'll connect dots and all la la. Well, that's cool. But once you connect the one that leads back to God, because God's the one in Psalm 139, he said he knit you together in your mother's womb that all the days of your life have been ordained and not one of them will happen without me. Talk to the one who made you and made your day because the more you know the Father and the more you know God, the more you'll know who you are. And so that way, when something comes up in your life, like direction or decision or struggle or relationship or circumstance or situation, and it's bigger than you and you don't know what to do, guess what? You won't freak out. Why? Because you don't know God from, oh, bless this mess, God. You know God from this. He's the center. He's the hub. And I don't know what's going on, but I know you, and I will trust you. The ancient Hebrew idea of knowing the one, knowing is the one of experience. You can't really know something without experiencing it. So if you really want to know God, you got to experience God. And when you experience God, you'll know God. And then when God does something and he's doing something because you know him and you know about him, you will see him and actively take part in it. But if you don't know him, 
and he starts to do it, by the time you check in to see if you need to do it, God's going to come by. Because God's looking for people that want to join him, not sit around for seven years and decide if it's God. You got to jump when it's God. And if you know God, you know how he works. Listen to me. The way he worked in the life of Moses is the same way he works in your life. We're going to see it all through the series. See, the, the way he worked in Scripture, he still works today. He said, well, my name's not in Scripture. Texas A&M University is not in Scripture. How am I supposed to know if that's me and I'm supposed to go to college there? Don't, don't make this weird. Just, just understand the fact that God moves, works, and operates the same way he operated in Scripture. The more you know the Scripture and know him, you'll know how he operates in your life. Some of you can't recognize God because you don't know God because you don't spend enough time with God to even recognize God. So when I ask people, if what you're doing today, what your family's involved in today, is that what God wants y'all to do? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Oh, I don't think we asked that question. How do you not ask that question? Because as soon as something happens in all of that, you're going to get mad at God because it messed up. Well, don't blame him if he didn't pick it. Every time you read his word, he's making himself known to you. Every time. Every time. You have decisions, you have directions, you have struggles, you have situations, you have circumstances, you have relationships, you have health issues. Where do you go? Him. If he's out there and you're in here doing your thing, what's going to happen? But if he's here, you're right next to him, and then your life's right there, in any of those situations right there, you know who he is. He knows you. You meet him, he meets with you. As I said earlier, God wants to be more than a vending machine. He doesn't want you to put quarters in a machine, push C2, and get this. It's not what God is. Fortunately for us, God assigned the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Mm. And when you listen to his word, John 16 Listen to verse 7 first. I don't have it, but I want you to hear this. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the teacher, he won't come. But if I go away, he'll come. Look at verse 12. I have much to say to you, more than you can bear. But when the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. You need direction in your life. You have a decision to make. If your life is God-centered and you're spending time with God daily, the Holy Spirit is actively living and working in your life. He's actively showing you your scripture and who God is. When that decision needs to be made, when that direction needs to be called on, you know what? You're not, you're not fretting. You're at peace. 
Why? Because you're sitting with the one who has the plan. You know when you freak? It's when you're here doing your thing. All of your stuff's rotating around you and everything's working great. And God's way out there. And all of a sudden, it wobbles. All of a sudden, something happens that's bigger than you and you can't get your hands around it. You can't control it and you can't, you can't make it happen. And you're losing it. Why? Because the one who should be in the center is on the furthest ring. Oh, yeah, you know him. You believe in him. And you know, you know him as your savior for many of you. But that's all he is. He needs to be right here, right there. The Holy Spirit, we just read about in John 14, says that if you see me, the Father, the Son, you've seen the Father. If you hear me, you've heard the Father. I'm not saying, Jesus says the Holy Spirit is not going to say anything that the Father isn't going to say. So when you, when you see me, you've seen the Father. When you hear me, you've, you've heard the Father. So if you want to know your, God's will for your life, you want to know what the rest of the day brings, because many of you will leave here, go home or go to a restaurant and do life after this. What if God's will for you today is when you walk outside your front yard, your neighbor at the same time walks out. And for all these times y'all have lived there, you said, I should say something to him about church and the Lord. But I keep waiting for God to just make it happen. Well, he just did. <laughs> now what's he going to do? Now what you going to do? When your life starts to become God-centered, you see God has an agenda you knew nothing about. He has a mission. Going to look next week at, at that more. But can I tell you something? <laughs> if God let you in on his will for your life from the get-go, Many of us would never move. But he didn't do it that way. He does a little bit at a time to reveal all he has for you. Many of us, many of us are missing out on the little bitty snapshots, snapshots of what God has. We miss out. When I open the scripture, when we open the scripture, we begin to see what God is doing in me and around me. Many of us, though, feel this way. I can't hear him because all I hear is myself. I can't see him because all I see is myself. I can't do his will. Because I'm so busy doing my will. And I don't trust him because all I really trust is me. You know why? Because you're the hub. 
You're the sinner. And that's why when you see people trust God, just supernaturally have faith and trust God, you go, wow. How do they do that? I know I should. I really want to. But how do they do that? I'll tell you how they do that. God is the center of their life. He's not out there, has to get through all of your life to get to you. There's barely enough you to do your life. What is he going to get? He gets less than leftovers. He gets the ones, he gets the leftovers that's been in the refrigerator for two weeks that you could comb it. All right? It's not good. Why are we giving God leftovers expecting the best? Why not give him the best because that's what he gives you and you're going to see the best. Many of us can't see him because all we see is ourselves. We're self-centered. So here's the question. Is my life, I don't want you to look at your husband or, or your wife next to you or your kids. Is my life God-centered? Or is it me-centered? I'm going to stop you right here. That's the answer. Before you have time to think about it, that's the answer. We've all taken true and false questions in school. Every true and false answer that I changed, I got wrong. <laughs> I did. I, I meant to say true. I curl it out the false and take it true. Get test back where I marked it out. It's counted wrong. I said, well, this is what I meant. I hear that's why I, I, that's why I marked it out. Is your life God-centered or me-centered? There's the answer. What the Holy Spirit just said is the answer. If we're honest, it's more me-centered than it is God-centered. And can I tell you something? You're never going to see nor do all that he wants you to see and do if it's all me-centered. And you're really going to be really bummed out about this God thing. It's going to bore you. You're not going to get it. You're going to be frustrated. You're not going to see what the big deal is. Why? Because you're seeing it through the lenses of you, not him. So in this series, it's the seven realities of experiencing God. You will not connect with any of the seven realities until you deal with question one and that is is my life God-centered or me-centered because right off the bat next Sunday we're going to talk about God's work all around us and guess what if you're me-centered you know what you think about God's work all around you I don't care. Somebody else can do that. I don't care. It's messy anyway. I don't know. Okay. Well, (laughs) 
you're going to get bored. You want the time of your life, jump into what God's doing. You blow your sandals off. Question on the floor as we go to invitation. Is my life God-centered or me-centered? No other question. No other question. If it's me-centered, if it's me-centered, it's just flat selfish. And I can tell you this, selfish people, they're miserable, man. They're miserable. Miserable. And unhappiness is their number one poison. If your life is God-centered, I can tell you this right now. You are a person with joy and peace. That's good medicine. So you can have selfishness and unhappiness, or you can have joy or peace. Your pick. Your pick. But he offers the same. He offers the choice to be God-centered or me-centered. All right, let's stand together. As you stand this morning... I simply want the focus to stay on that question. Is my life God-centered? He's the hub. Or is my life me-centered? That's the question. And whatever needs to change to make sure he is the hub and he's God-centered, that's your decisions. You've got to make those. And for some of you, you got to cut some stuff out. It will be painful, but you'll be better because of it. Every time. So let me pray over you because there's some surgery that needs to happen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.